custom GPTs basically allow you as a business to give information about your business to the GPT model so that instead of just relying on the general knowledge it has, it now can rely on specific knowledge that you've given. Am I, is that a fair description in your mind, Christian? Oh, absolutely. You know, and it gets as, as custom as the information that it's given. Hi, and welcome to the 91 Day Success Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Mast, and today I've got with me Christian Moore. Uh, Christian and I have got to know each other over the last number of months, and I got to say, when it comes to custom GPTs and AI integrations, uh, I, I really feel, Christian, like when we get on the phone together and we chat, that it just explodes bans whatever I thought was possible. So I'm so excited to have you here today to talk about custom GPTs. And I know you've got some really interesting stuff you're going to unload on us today, some gold nuggets about how to use them apart from what everybody's thinking. So can you start maybe first, if they don't know you, Christian, can you start with an elevator pitch? Tell us a little bit about Christian. Absolutely. I appreciate uh, appreciate even being able to be a part of this podcast. It was an honor that you invited and reached out to to bring me on. So I'm so excited to be able to dive into this topic of custom GPTs and how how the the whole landscape of it is changing. But just a little bit about me. Um, so my name is Christian Moore. I am the owner of More Creative. Um, More Creative is an uh, organization that specific, specifically specializes in creating end-to-end -end uh, solutions for lead acquisition all the way to sale, turning that entire process to auto Autopilot, as well as providing custom AI solutions for every stage of the customer journey, um, from the uh, initial stages to all the way to the back end of fulfillment, and then also on the side of continuing to be innovative and in creating new solutions uh, for that um, retargeting and reconversion of those clients. Awesome, awesome. Well, for the audience's sake, give them a little bit of background. How did you get involved in AI, and, and what made you think about getting so deep as you have on that entire sales process. Can you give us a little background on, on that? I mean, we know AI just celebrated its first annual birthday, so to speak, when we talk about ChatGPT, but I know you've got a far more interesting history than that. Can you share that with the audience? Of course, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a funny story. You know, when I first stepped into uh, the business with More Creative, um, I actually, I, I was originally focused on specifically with marketing. Um, so copywriting and marketing was kind of the, the niche and the, the focus that I was driving in on. And I got invited to a BNI meeting. Um, so I'm sure many of you are familiar with BNI. And so when I went to my first BNI meeting, I had prepared a, kind of an elevator pitch surrounding email marketing and why business owners are still writing their own emails. If why would they leverage? Why wouldn't they leverage an outside source who can not only improve conversions but also take that that workload off of their plate? And um, so as they're going around, you know, BNI does they focus on the members first. So they had the members going around, and then the guests were last. So I was a guest that day. And um, as they're going around from the members, uh, the fourth person that stood up was a gentleman. His name was, you know, I, we'll call him John for now. Um, so John stands up. He's a 60-year-old contractor. And he stands up and he says to the entire BNI meeting, hey, I just uh, wrote all of the emails that I needed for all of my customers in five minutes with ChatGPT. And immediately, my entire pitch of what I was bringing to that BNI group was destroyed because now, what do I have to stand on? If there, if ChatGPT can do the entire process that I was just pitching, which was save time, write the emails better, and uh, really just to kind of take that load off of their plate, 
um, I had to invent a new pitch in that moment. But it was a pivotal moment for me because it uh, it really showed me, one, how quickly AI had um, been uh, kind of released and ex was exploding as far as business use. And so for me, it was a big pivot shifting from just marketing to how do I integrate AI into that value stack that I'm creating for, for those clients and customers that I was reaching? And more importantly, um, how do I stay ahead of that curve that AI was rapidly, rapidly advancing um, instead of getting stuck in the in the kind of the later stages of staying behind the curve? You know, I had a, a conversation conversation with a gentleman today. Or I got the opportunity to share this story, and he's a marketer who was, um, you know, approaching me on on funnel writing and copywriting and stuff like that. And I shared that story with him just as kind of a background. I was like really encouraging him to get into AI and to integrate AI into his his own value stack because I was like, at the end of the day, you know, consumers not only are more educated than ever, but they all have access to ChatGPT and they use ChatGPT for just about everything. And so it required for me to get really creative with the way that um, I was providing value to my consumers, understanding that AI was something that was not going to be going away and really being able to create those solutions. And so um, when I first started creating these custom GPTs, um, I was actually creating them, you know, way, way back in the beginning. I remember the first one I did was a recipe generator um, all the way back in October of uh, 2022, actually, um, on the, the beta platforms of OpenAI. And it just kind of took a took a took a turn from there because I realized that this was something that could be applied to just about any industry and just about any niche, um, provided we had the intelligence to know how to prompt it. Mm, wow, it's a great story. I appreciate you sharing that. And, and I had, hadn't heard about the BNI meeting. So I think that's really intriguing. I love, you know, it's amazing sometimes what happens when we're forced as entrepreneurs to think on our feet and come up with things. You mentioned custom GPTs, and I, I know some of our audience may not be familiar with those, but in summary, uh, tell me if I get this right, custom GPTs basically allow you as a business to give information about your business to the GPT model so that instead of just relying on the general knowledge it has, it now can rely on specific knowledge that you've given. Am I, is that a fair description in your mind, Christian? Oh, absolutely. You know, and it gets as, as custom as the information that it's given. You know, I'm always of the opinion that any type of AI, AI solution um, can always be improved with more context. And that's exactly what custom GPTs allow us to do. Very cool. Now, I know one of the downsides, and, and as we're recording this, so this will be released on Friday, so two days from now. By then, we know how fast AI changes. Everything may have changed already. Uh, but we're waiting on the cusp right now of ChatGPT or OpenAI opening up what they call the Custom GPT Store. And you and I were just talking a little bit prior to this, and I think we're kind of in the same camp, believing that although they haven't released a lot of information about how they're going to do that, OpenAI is going to use this as a way to get more subscribers to pay the $20 a month to get access to these custom GPTs. And I think it's a good model. They're going to sell a lot of subscriptions to people that don't have them now because they want access to these GPTs. But there's an even far more interesting aspect to it. And well, I, instead of me explaining it, why don't you dive in, talk to me a moment about the possibility of creating a custom GPT that's totally trained on your knowledge with the backup of all of ChatGPT's knowledge, but now 100% under your control, your security, your monetization strategies, as opposed to ChatGPT's. Can you share that with our audience? Because I think you're going to blow their mind. Yeah. So one of the most important things about understanding the, you know, the custom GPT's is that 
when you create it inside of the interface on ChatGPT's, you know, the chat.openai website, um, is that the GPT is only accessible through the through the ChatGPT software. And so if a user, for example, does not have access to that, um, they won't be able to access your GPT. And more importantly, it restricts your ability to monetize it because you don't have the ability to control what happens to that link afterwards. Because once that link is released, you know, if it's shared with anybody, that person is able to share access to that GPT. It's not like it's password protected. And, you know, even though you have the ability to potentially take it offline if your, your link was leaked and create a new link, at the end of the day, you know, it really restricts your ability to um, monetize that. And, you know, ChatGPT or OpenAI, rather, their solution was to open up the store, which, yes, we're waiting on that. That, you know, they, they said end of December and now it's about, you know, first, second week of January. And, uh, you know, by the end of this, uh, when this podcast releases, it'll be nearly the third week of January. We'll see if we, we get access to the store by then. But at the yes. end of the day, you know, as far as monetization, the reality of it is, is that GPT tokens are cheap. Right. And so being able to then, you know, monetize that, it's like, what would that actually look like? Right. What, what, what would that actually look like for the business or the person that's trying to monetize that on the store? I couldn't see very big, um, big share that's even there to, sh to split, much less, you know, given to the GPT creators. Um, but with that. It presents us a, a unique opportunity to transition those GPTs outside of the store and into our own custom applications so that when our users or our clients are wanting to leverage the GPTs that we create, they're not only able to be created um, and, and plugged into interfaces that we own and we're able to control and password protect and also control the access to, but more importantly, um, we can actually introduce an additional level of complexity to the way that those GPTs run so that we're actually able to create even better systems for our clients um, in addition to um, having the GPTs themselves um, plugged in on the back end so that those those prompts that we use to create the GPTs are 100% protected from access with, um, you know, what I would call prompt hacking. Have you ever seen anything like that, Jonathan, as far as prompt hacking? I have, in fact, I've I've tried it a couple of times, and it's it's quite amazing in the fact that in the GPTs, uh, the custom GPTs that are out now, that if you're good at prompting, or even maybe I should say fair at prompting, you can ask the model to tell you how is this programmed, and it kind of throws up all over itself and regurgitates all of the knowledge that it's been given. And as a business, obviously, that's incredibly dangerous. I don't even to my team, you know, let's say I'm doing it internally, I don't want my team to be able to share that link. So let's draw a hypothetical. I've created a custom GPT for my customer service team. And I want my customer service team to have that so they can use it to better answer and serve my customers. That all works. And a custom GPT will do that. But the problem with the current model, and I've not heard any discussion of them changing this, is one, like you said, every member of my customer service team needs to have a plus subscription. Not yeah. that that's a big deal, but in a it obviously adds up. Secondarily, there's a huge security risk because every member of my my customer service team can share that same link with anybody they know and now all of that data is available to the public essentially anybody with a plus subscription with no way to pre prevent that and because of the password or lack of password and security and all that a halfway decent prompter certainly somebody with you know my skill or more and you you far exceed that could now take that information, all the stuff that I've programmed that I've uploaded and essentially extract that from the custom GPT. And if my competition does that, I'm in trouble. And what you're talking about, if I understand that right, alleviates all of that and protects the business. Am, am I correct in that, Christian? 
Certainly. And also introduces an additional power of being able to string together even more um, complex applications that are drawing on other other tools and other technology to be able to enhance the power of GPTs that you're running with. In addition to that security protection, you know, and that prompting, you know, it's it was amazing to me when I first uh, watched somebody do it. And, you know, after watching them do it, I tracked, tracked, practiced it myself. And I was amazed to see how unsecure the GPTs that I had created were and that they would, like you said, literally regurgitate everything that I had trained it with down to the letter where now everything that I had prompted it with that had created this custom GPT. Um, was now, you know, available on the front end. And then more importantly, the GPT then can help them when, you you know, you're talking about your competitors getting access to that. Mm -hmm. Not only will they be able to get access to it, but then your GPT will literally be able to help them to create a better version of itself that they can then take and implement on their own. And so when, when we're talking about, you know, talk, protecting the IP, the intellectual property, which really is the name of the game when it comes to AI as a whole, because we're talking about the ability to replicate and to create things that are pace and a speed that has never been seen before. And so if we don't have the ability to protect that intellectual property on the back end, we're at a serious risk, especially if we have a competitor that knows what they're doing. So tell me, you've talked a lot about the potential here. What does it mean? How does a business, if they want to create these custom GPTs and they want the opportunity to secure them and maybe even monetize them, as well as, you know, other features like using with other applications, how do they do that? Well, you know, and that's something that, you know, at the end of the day is going to be require a somebody who has an awareness of the development of APIs specifically. Um, and then more importantly, the understanding of how to really string together these steps in an application process, um, you, leveraging the solutions that are available in the market. You know, there's a lot of no code solutions that are out there. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to be through understanding how to develop API endpoints so that you can pull your GPTs um, processing and put that on a back end that is completely separate from the front end interface that your user is experiencing. The other benefit of that is that it extremely simplifies the process for your customers to be able to get the value that you've put into your chat GPT or your custom GPT. Because instead of having to go through a process of prompting and requesting specific information, you can layer in prompts that just include the additional information and context they need that for, and then provide them the solution instead of having them to require some level of knowledge of prompting. So it completely simplifies it for the user protects it for the business, and more importantly, is able to create a more powerful and valuable solution for the people you're here to serve. So to, if I can, and I'm going to way oversimplify this, Christian, but to, to, over, to make it as simple as possible for our listeners as they're doing, what essentially we're doing is we're moving it out of chat GPT and we're moving it into the API. And API stands for Application Program Interface. It's a it's another way that you can integrate with the same model that's powering GPD. You're really doing the exact same thing, but it's moving it outside and then it's, it's simply paying for usage, which then allows you as the business to control all of these other aspects and present just a host of additional security as well as, as functionality. Um, am yes. I correct when I say it that way? Is that you is absolutely that the, did? And yeah, the, so the, forgive me the jargon. You know, it's a, my mind is extremely technical, and while I have recognized the strengths, I also recognize the weaknesses. So I appreciate you, Jonathan. No, and not at all. I just I want to make sure that you know everybody understands what we're talking about. And and Christian's right. 
this is not as simple as creating a custom GPT within ChatGPT, and that's why a lot of people aren't going to do it. But if you're a business owner listening to this and you're thinking, like I did when I first heard about the possibilities of these custom GPTs, you owe it to yourself, your shareholders, your employees, your team, your owners to create this in a way that protects your intellectual property. Christian's right. That's really where the name of the game is changing. And the last thing you want to do is upload all of this data, proprietary data to ChatGPT, and allow your competition to, to find that. Imagine just if you could for a moment that you could pick any competitor of yours and that you could get access to all of their policies, all of their procedures, all of their past proposals, all of the tactics that they use to close it, including things that the best practices that they're using and everything else. And literally it could be laid out in front of you in a computer, computer searchable model. That's the risk that we're talking about as I understand it. Am I overblowing that Christian or am I? No. And, and the worst part about that whole thing, Jonathan, is that you wouldn't even be able to see it happening because there's no way to track the actual usage of your GPT. You don't even get any type of metrics and maybe that's coming with the store, but at this point, there's no way to track who's using your ChatGPT, how often they're using it and what they're prompting your ChatGPT with. And that's the other benefit of wrapping it into these applications is you get to actually monitor the inputs of how people are using it and address those security concerns if they are present. And more importantly, be able to really understand what is going on with my, with my technology that I've developed and be able to actually make sure that that intellectual property stays secure. Well, and if you're listening and you're watching, as I sometimes do and go, there is no way that they're going to make this so insecure and they're going to do that. It's just not going to happen. I want to point out two key things. One, OpenAI said very little about the store other than it's going to give the opportunity for developers to monetize. And what already exists, and you may not be aware of this if you're not using the API, but they already have the tools in place to create this on the API. It's just not as simple. It, it's not as nice an interface, and therefore it's not being promoted and it's not being talked about as much. But this functionality was released at the same time, if not before the functionality was for custom GPTs. So they're thinking this through in, in their mind as far as I'm concerned. And Christian, I know you're the same as I am. If we prove to be totally wrong and something changes when this is finally released, we'll do an update. But there is no reason to believe, based on my business knowledge and my experience, that they're going to do anything different than what we're talking about because they've already laid the groundwork for this custom API interface for custom GPTs. It's just not simple, and therefore they're not talking about it. What are your thoughts on on that? That was kind of a monologue on my part. No, yeah, I I appreciate you going into that direction because the the API portion, you know, that was the the interface that I started on when I first was using GPTs. Mm -hmm. You know, I I began like I said when the first betas were released back in October two thousand and twenty two. Um, I actually used that API backend for everything that I that I did when I was prompting and generating content. And when my friend was talking about ChatGPT one day, I think it was maybe in April of two thousand. 2023 um i was talking to him about it he was talking to me about it and then i showed him what i was working on and he was like that's not what i what i see on my side and i'm like what do you mean and he showed me the simplified chat gpt version that's on the you know chat.openai yep. and i was like 
I don't even have a subscription to that. Let me get a subscription to that. Like, let me jump on that side. Cause I had been on the back end developing with the API side the entire time. And I didn't even realize that there was a simplified version. I was just on the back end. And so at the end of the day, you're right. It's, and even with the way that custom GPTs are created, you know, that easy, easy create interface that's there where you just mm -hmm. get to tell it what you want it to do. That's not available on the back end. You have to have the knowledge of prompting. And that's really where I think that there's um, a an opportunity and a potential for leveraging the abilities of experts who understand prompting to a degree to where you you can take these applications from just being these simple concepts that anybody could reproduce with a couple lines of sentences and a couple pieces of understanding of what this is for and be able to actually create something that is different and truly innovative for the market as a whole. Oh, I, I totally agree. I'm going back to a conversation you and I had about a week ago, uh, Christian, we were talking about just as an example that I want to share with everybody. Imagine you're running a sales team and you want to give your sales team access to all of this data. And you can do that in a custom GPT. You can help them answer objections. You can help them know how to pitch your products. You can give them product features. You can even talk about upcoming changes and new things that are happening through R&D that may be of interest to your prospects to sell them. But if you do that in a custom GPT right now, your competition's gonna have access to that as soon as they get access to that link. Yep. And I know there's gonna be people out there, Christian, you probably know as well, going, oh, you can tell it not to share that data. You can tell it all you want. That doesn't mean it's not gonna be extractable because there's nothing to protect it there. On yes. the other hand, if you're doing that, let me just, uh, let me ask as a question, if, imagine you've done that for your sales team. What's the cost to your company, the economic risk if that gets out into public and your competition gets a hold of it. It's, well, it, it may be easy, it may not be as easy as, as ChatGPT, but the API provides so much more protection. In my mind, it's it's akin to leaving your money sitting on the, the counter at the restaurant and trusting it'll be there tomorrow as opposed to putting it in the bank. Right. And more, you know, and like I mentioned, you know, there's no way to see how people are using your GPT. So there's any potential security risks or breaches of that data, you would be unaware of entirely until you saw the competitor come to market with yours, which by that time, you're way too late. No, that's a really good point. And I think that's a very, very valid. So, you know, as, as Christian, I know you have as well, we've, we've had some experience with IT in the past and things like that and seen what security breaches can do. Um, here's, here's the good news. This is probably a lot less expensive than what traditionally people have thought about custom application development being. In other words, in most of the businesses that are listening to this show, you're not going to have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to create these. Uh, the tools allow developers to create them much faster as well, but you are probably going to need a little help along the way. Is, is that an accurate assumption on my part? 100%. And that's really the beauty of how technology has advanced. You know, we see ChatGPT able to create code and to supplement the, pa the power of developers um, who are code based, as well as a plethora of no code tools that give the ability for um, custom solutions to be pulled together with very little knowledge of how actual development code works. But there still lies the, the fact that there's some aspect of understanding API, you know, the, the application point mm -hmm. endpoint functions, as well as understanding how to actually hide that information on the back end. How are they accessing that? And so at the end of the day, it's a much, much more affordable solution than what used to be for application development. And the rate of production is much faster as well. 
Uh, it's a really good point. I, I know one of the questions that's got to be floating in, in some of our listeners' heads right now is going to be based on why in the world would OpenAI do this if they make money on the subscription? How do they make money on the API? I know how that works because we pay on a per usage fee, but can you give everybody a little bit of a lesson there on how ultimately they'll probably make far more based on scalability on the API than they're going to make on those subscriptions? Oh, certainly. And so at the end of the day, when we're talking about creating a custom solution that's powered by the API of a GPT, um, you know, whether that be OpenAI or even going down the line of BARD or whatever, whatever mm -hmm. learning model you decide to run with, um, the usage tokens are, are how they bill. And so when we're talking about the scalability of these functions and we're talking about providing these solutions to users, the API costs for the developers, they're buying these tokens in mass. They're buying these tokens by the millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions, which even for OpenAI is a much faster flow of cash for, for their own interests and their own business opportunities rather than relying on the steady stream of $20 a month per user. And so when we're talking about being able to provide these applications at scale, you know, I'm thinking about even the the text bot that I use personally in my own business for appointment setting and for sales. And the the developers on that side, you know, they they do do rebilling, but they buy those tokens in the tens and hundreds of millions at a time. And it's a it's quite a ridiculous amount of cash flow that's going to OpenAI straight away, rather than relying on that steady drip. And so when we're talking about the scalability of it, when we have tons and tons and tons of users, you know, the the specific um, the specific uh, organization that I I use at this point i think they're at about a thousand to fifteen hundred users they are their 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 api is processing literally about a million tokens per minute right when we're talking about the cost of that and they run on four so if we're talking about the cost of that their open ai is is making a killing off of just that application and obviously their business model accommodates for the cost that they have to take but as opposed to having twenty dollars per user you know their potential is is through the roof when it comes to the api integration instead well, and actually that brings up another problem with ChatGPT. And again, don't get me wrong, folks. I love ChatGPT. Every member of my team has a paid subscription that I pay for. I love it. It's a great tool. But if you've ever used it, you've also probably ran into their usage cap, which, by the way, has fluctuated almost monthly since November, if not longer, in how much you can use it. So you pay the $20 a month, but it's not an unlimited buffet. You only get to use it so much. One of the huge benefits of the API, and again, especially if we're going to use this for business, if our business starts relying on that tool in order to deliver value to our clients, the last thing you want, and trust me, it's happened to me, you're in the middle of creating, a. I was doing this recently, an email campaign that's like you mentioned earlier, for one of my clients. And I maxed out. And so I now had to wait for three hours or four hours, whatever it was, before I could do another prompt. What am I supposed to do? How's my business operate when that happens? If we're using the API, those usage limits go away because we're paying per use. Am I correct as I say that, Christian? Yes, and at the at the end of the day on on that API backend, it really comes down to how much you pay them. And you, the more that you pay them, the faster your GPT runs, and the more that you pay them, the more you can process at one time. And so they have tier levels, and then they also, you know, they have enterprise levels, which for by and large are locked based on you know for people that have never used the API before, because at the end of the day, OpenAI really wants to encourage the actual development of these technologies and integrating them into scalable solutions more than they want to really push the gpt side um but that's that's something that they literally you pay them and they'll they'll open those limits up for you 
No, it's interesting you mentioned that. I actually just learned about this recently myself. I've been using the API for a long time, but have never, by the way, the limits are significantly higher on the API than they are on, on ChatGPT subscriptions. Uh, but I happened to hear about it and I looked and sure enough, we've been moving up the level as well as our, as our usage increases, they keep opening up new caps for us. So we've never really ran into a problem there as opposed to almost daily, I run into a problem with ChatGPT. Uh, and so again, as your business is thinking about how to integrate AI and pull that in, these are all significant business concerns that you need to be paying attention to. And the benefit is they're all solved essentially, as far as I can think, if there may be an exception, but they're solved by moving over to the API. And it's great. I mean, I even use a separate interface and Christian, you and I never talked about this, but I use a separate interface to the API, bought a basically a front end so that when my team caps out, they can use that via the API to still continue doing their work. I still get access to GPT-4 and all that. I'm now just paying per transaction as opposed to paying the $20 a month. Um, and you know the, the, those tools exist. And I, I just want the listenership to really understand this is not some black magic. This is not something nefarious. This is actually how OpenAI originally built everything to work. And then they decided they'd make an interface because they could do well there. And they have done well, make no mistake. But the API that we're talking about is where it started. And Christian, you also mentioned something else I want to point out and remind people of. You're not just limited to OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT. You can use the API with Google. You can use it with Anthropic's Claude. You can yeah. use it, I believe, now with MidJourney and, and others, even DALI through OpenAI. They all allow API access. And so you've got tremendous options as a business. You're not beholden to just one platform any longer as you were or as you are if you build it inside of ChatGPT's infrastructure. Any thoughts on that or any feedback? Yes. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up those image generators because being able to provide, you know, in the case of, let's say, even an email campaign, but more importantly, we'll, you know, use the topic of social media posts, um, being able to provide a solution that not only provides the post, but also an image alongside that at the same time, instead of it having to be two separate prompts is an incredible, incredible solution. Um, but then yeah, even being able to leverage the different ways of processing that BARD, because BARD has additional access to the internet that um, GPT generally, you know, doesn't fully have. And then also Anthropic has a way of processing that in my opinion is really unique. I actually really like that, like that model. You know, it's, it's, it's a funny one, but being able to leverage the different sides of this and use them in tandem is a powerhouse of a solution in comparison to just relying on one model itself. Um, they all will have their own inherent limitations, but we can overcome those limitations by leveraging the different opportunities that are available under one, one opportunity. And maybe there's one that's better at, at processing what you need more than the other. But having the ability to explore that instead of being limited inside of just one option is definitely going to be feasible for from a business context. You know, we've all heard the term, don't put all your eggs in one basket, mm. right? It's the same concept, right? Why would we put all of our eggs in one basket if we have the ability to open it up? And the answer as to why is because it's easier. And so it's all about then providing, you know, going that extra mile and actually putting in those pieces in place so that we can make sure that our solution, let's say ChatGPT goes down. I know that happened back in December where ChatGPT yeah. was down for nearly 24, 48 hours. And, you know, what is a business to do when they can't even access the interface itself or the API on the back end? 
what are they to do? Are they, you know, and, and not having a backup solution is crippling to a business that relies on AI. You, you bring up a very interesting point, and I think it's worth mentioning, and that's that when you use the API, it also gives your business the ability to use the best model for each part of your application. So if you would determine by some unknown reason to me at the moment, because you know I'm not a fan of BARD, but for whatever reason that BARD was the best solution, for example, for maybe keyword research, because it does do a good job of that, um, that you could use BARD to do the keyword research but you could then use Claude or you could use Midjourney or Dolly or ChatGPT for all of the other parts. But you, as, as the business, then get to pick and choose which model you're using because your application stands apart and literally just makes calls into these models as it needs data. Am I understanding that properly? And you're absolutely right. One of the other benefits of using the API is that OpenAI actually promises you that they will not use that information to train their models in the future, right? Instead of using the ChatGPT interface where because it's a research preview, they will use all of the data you upload into there to train their own models in the future. And what does that mean to protect your IP? It means that it's theirs just as much as it is yours as soon as you put it in. But if you use the API on the back end, they promise you they will not use that to train their models in the future or even now. And that data is protected and encrypted in a different way. No, so true. And I think, again, just more reasons why if you're a business out there and you're excited about the opportunities and, and maybe this podcast has let you think of some new things that you hadn't thought of before, um, I really want to encourage you to, to really reach out and we're going to give Christian's information here in a minute. He can chat with you about that. But reach out and find out how you can protect your business by using it this way. It doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg, and it can save you literally your entire business by doing it the right way. So, Christian, I, I so appreciate all the information you've given and provided, and, and that has been hugely beneficial in custom GPTs. So I wouldn't do our listeners right, though, if I didn't ask the one question I ask everybody on the podcast, and that's based on our name. And I didn't prep you for this, so here, I'm going to just lay this one on you. The name of the podcast, the 91 Day Success Podcast, and I love to ask successful business people just like you. If you had to start over and you had 91 days or three months to generate a, or create a business that was going to generate $10,000 a month in revenue and you only had $1,000 to invest in the business, what would you do to try to hit that $10,000 revenue number in three months? Well, the first thing that I would do would find the most affordable software products on the market and become an affiliate for those products using using products that sell their themselves right one of the products that i utilize is easy messenger easy messenger has the ability to um sell obviously your own products and services but for just 97 a month you can actually push the product itself to a wide range of audiences and be able to generate affiliate revenue. So that would be the first thing that I would do to really set a foundation for what I was going to use these for. And then developing based on the business needs that I saw to be the most apparent, custom solutions using open source tools so that my costs are as low as possible and I have the ability to scale it up as quickly as possible to provide real innovative solutions leveraging AI to actually push these businesses forward and push them into the future. And so again, keeping costs low as much as possible and leveraging those affiliate products so that I can have something to sell instantaneously while I'm developing my own products on the side. 
Oh, I love that advice. And and I think that's the first time we've had anybody recommend that. I think that's a great way to get started. And what I love about it is it's it's essentially a, a zero cost up front for you. You're not investing any of that thousand dollars in creating it. You're just then going to use the AI tools we talked about to create some marketing to become an expert that people want to follow. You're going to promote it. And uh, I use Easy Messenger just because I know you and you recommended it. And, and again, it's a prime example. Um, I was looking for a solution. We happened to be chatting. And what do you know? You have a solution for that. I didn't care whether it was your solution or not. I just wanted it. And you were able to help make that happen for me and make that a reality. And therefore, again, a customer, income, revenue, all the things we're looking for. That's fantastic. It's, well, again, I want to thank everybody who stuck with it. Christian, I want to thank you especially for taking time today to join us on the podcast and share some of your immense knowledge about GPTs and especially about how businesses can protect themselves and protect their intellectual property by just making a couple of the right moves here. It doesn't mean the technology is bad. It just means it has to be done the right way. Just like your Wi-Fi network, you don't necessarily open it up to everybody in the world. You protect it, you put a password on it. It's really important. You're gonna do that with any of your information as well. So Christian, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm really grateful for the time you spent with us today. Anything you wanna leave people with, we'll put your contact details down, but if people wanna get in touch with you, how do they best get in touch with you and any parting comments? Yeah, so you know the best way is going to be on on Facebook. Probably would be the easiest and most approachable way. You'll be able to see the the content that I produce as well as message me directly. Obviously, add me as a friend at the very least. Um, some parting comments would probably be to seriously take a look at your own GPTs and test it for yourself. Will they vomit all of their training, or will they keep it a secret? So mm, see for yourself. Great question. Great question. Great question. Well, again, thank you for everybody for joining us today on this episode of the 91 Day Success Podcast. We truly value you, your time, and your listenership, and we welcome your feedback. If you haven't clicked the subscribe button yet, please do so you get our notifications as we launch new episodes every Friday at 10 o'clock Eastern. Thanks, everybody, and make it a great day.